0: Hey Everyone, this is Sarah Chen Spellings. Welcome to another episode of Billion Dollar Moves where it is my job to deconstruct the billion dollar moves of some of the top founders and funders in the US and Asia venture ecosystem. What typically got them from their journey of underestimated to iconic in the most raw and unfiltered form. You won't get this anywhere else. You're tuning in to my quick take on the episode with Lu Zhang, material scientist turned unicorn backer. Today we talk about number 1, rising from insecurity. Number 2, how you can make being different your unique advantage. And finally, the future of healthcare that Lu Zhang is excited about. And of course, I always, always recommend you to dive into the full episode, which you can find in the show notes. Now let's get started. Takeaway one rising from insecurity by being focused on the end goal. So, what really hit me was despite Lu Zhang's accelerated path from material science engineer to founder with a multi million exit under her belt to investor, by the age of 30, by the way, she still reveals how she feels like a failure every day. And yet she persisted and continues to persist, not really caring about whether the choice she was making would be the right choice, the popular choice. And because she was truly too busy, in her words, to handle everything ahead of her, she did not have time to be paralyzed by the hurdles, by the challenges that was put in front of her.
1: They're like, oh, that's a great technology. Have you think about making a real company? I'm like, sure, why not? I think that's a part of my personality you could call it simple and naive being too young but on the other side also pretty bold i don't really care about whether it's the choice most of people will choose as long as i found this super exciting and passion and could drive impact and that working on the technology i love i will do it to be honest i also did not realize how hard it is <laughs> when i started as a solo founder as i said i was still doing my research at stanford and in parallel oh my god i have really no life i feel grateful if I found time to eat, to have dinner around, like the only meal around 8 p.m., 9 p.m. I still remember the restaurant owner, she still recognized me because she always told me, okay, this is a girl, very young girl came in 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and all the puncture food to eat by herself seemed pretty happy. Sounds, looked pretty weird, right? Initially, she was always checking on me, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm totally fine. Thank you for still open with great food. So that's how busy I was. Not to mention no time for social, no time for sleep, no party, no travel, nothing at all. And I even don't have time to think about how miserable my life was because it's just so busy. Every day there are so many different mm-hmm. things I need to work on. And also it's all about, you know, sometimes uh, getting people supporting me. But most of the time, lots of people give me challenges, discrimination, everything. I also need to prepare myself the following day to be ready, continue my journey.
0: Takeaway two, how you can make being different your unique advantage and P.S. never take rejection personally. You know, one of the key challenges in the work we're doing at our firm Beyond the Billion is structural. In that we realized pretty early on that to truly address the gender venture investment gap where women get less than 3% of venture capital funding, we needed to also ensure the fund managers who will likely invest into these female founders, people like Lou. Would also be funded by what we call LPs, or limited partner investors. The challenge, being different from the perceived pattern of success, actually makes it difficult. Where it seems so much is stacked against you to even qualify for the capital you're looking for.
1: Yeah, I think probably the one thing I want to go back to tell tell the younger Lou, uh, back in the days, is really first, I never take it personal, because there are, there's are so many people say no to me. Uh, I cannot uncheck all the bugs, like. 20, 21 years old, female minority immigrant founder working on healthcare. The experience I had by launching the first one is really once you have a strong differentiation, it's much easier to raise money from the LP even for the first time. Because for lots of the investor, what they're looking for, yes, they want a manager with better performance, but when you just get started, you have no track record. So how to position your differentiation is very important. And for me, I think First of my differentiations really came from who I am, like my background, my past experience, my focus on deep tech and healthcare. To be honest with you, choosing deep tech and healthcare as a major focus back in 2015 was not an easy decision. While most of other VC are now doing that, you are being one of the few doing certain, choosing certain direction to invest and meanwhile need to have a comprehensive investment methodology to support it. That's come to the second point I want to suggest to the young manager is need to have a consistent investment methodology, especially when you don't have lots of track record. Strong methodology with the logic will make it much easier to persuade investor and LP to trust you and understand and align their interests with you. And meanwhile, you know, not not like you could raise money from everyone. There'll always be capital that's good fit with you, capital that's not good fit with you. But when you have clear methodology, you could quickly make that filtering. Like people said, oh, this is your approach. This is how you look at company industry opportunity.
0: Takeaway three. Digital transformation has been massively accelerated by the pandemic, which opens up some pretty huge opportunities you want to be looking out for. I love geeking out about everything tech, in particular where the real impact on all human lives is so tangible. Lou shared about the A problem, accuracy, affordability, and accessibility in healthcare, And I love the highlight of the recent use of AlphaFold database, look it up, which provides open access to over 200 million protein structure predictions that will accelerate scientific research. This was the kind of stuff I was looking at when I was investing for the corporate VC unit years ago, and I really saw the potential of what this could be applied to.
1: Now we have this free database with over 200 million of a protein folding structure available for free for everyone, especially for people in the digital biology is a huge, huge improvement, a huge, huge acceleration. So that's super exciting. So that's kind of the future of the general healthcare within the digital application. And meanwhile, if we look at the healthcare industry in general, we we'll always have this AAA problem, accessibility, affordable and accuracy, and how to solve the AAA problem, applying AI and make it digital and uh, apply AI using it to improve the efficiency. So that's the healthcare side. But for other industry, same situation, you know, how we really improve the efficiency by push for digital transformation. Definitely on the data side, there's lots of vertical AI application. But meanwhile, on the hardware side, uh, for example, there's a new sensing technology sensor, flexible electronics, make it possible for us to continue collecting data with low power consumption. That's the data entrance. And the second stage is data transfer we invest a lot in edge computing next generation cloud infrastructure data privacy really enable the traditional sector who does not have a huge computing power on the cloud it could still enable the edge uh, device to have computing power and we're seeing in the past two years not only just the tech industry logistic manufacturing insurance pharmaceutical Life science and also uh, chemical industry, all this traditional sector, food industry, are adopting digital transformation solution. Yeah, that's the future.
0: Bonus takeaway for parents. Takeaway four, what your kids read matters. You become what you can see and imagine, even if it's in storybooks. As a child from Inner Mongolia, where Lu never really was exposed to entrepreneurship, let alone material science, I wondered where she first imagined herself to become a material science engineer. Her answer, she read a science fiction book about how the earth and the moon could be connected by what was called a universe elevator. I mean, come on.
1: There's an interesting story that when I was a little, I remember I read a book and the cover page is a universe elevator. So the elevator connecting the earth and the moon is kind of science fiction. But they were talking about if we have the strongest material in the world. Like carbon nanotube, in theory, will be the strongest material in the whole world. We could build that such a elevator. So that's become a, like a small seed plant in my heart. I'm like, okay, I want to do something as great as that. And how could I contribute? That's the reason it eventually pushed me to make the decision to choose material science as a major.
0: All right, ladies and gents, there you have it. The top takeaways from the episode Rising from Insecurity, Lutsang material scientist turned unicorn backer. Let me know as usual if I missed anything. You know, did you have a different perspective on what was shared? Uh, you can get everything in the full episode show notes below. And I will see you all next week. In the meantime, don't forget to keep making billion dollar moves.